All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Usually between 11 and 12, but usually it's like at 11 that I go to bed. How's your week? How you doing? It's, oh, you don't want to talk about bedtimes anymore? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ran out of steam I'm there a, already? I'm a night owl, and I prefer <laughs> to be awake. Um, week's going okay. Yeah. Uh, huge snow today. Ugh, the hugest snow of the year. And uh, no one was really, what did we, we got like, they said we were going to get like 25 centimeters. We got like 24 inches. Yeah, I think we got like 40 centimeters of snow. Yeah. It, was, uh, it wasn't heavy by the time I had to shovel it, thank God. Yeah. But like driving was bad. Mm-hmm. This is like very regionally specific. But do you find that the 111 highway just like doesn't get plowed anymore? Yeah, apparently it was uh, just a mess. It was a shit show. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, the 111 is the Cirque, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jen was saying this morning it was uh, it was an absolute disaster. We were and just on it half an hour ago, and it's still it's twelve still hours after it stopped snowing. They still haven't touched it. No one's no one's plowed, and people aren't mad about it. I'm mad about it. <laughs> I think people are mad about it. Yeah, I'm using this platform to say how mad I am. That's right. We're gonna start a petition for that. And okay. Will Smith. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I started the day by snow blowing like several neighbors' driveways, and then I didn't know you had a snow machine. Oh yeah, man. Good it's for best. you. No kidding. It's the best. The only thing is when you have to go in and other people are coming out that you're like, oh, they're going to see me like going in. Oh, and yeah. I, like, it seems like I'm like ignoring them. Mm-hmm. You almost have to be like the vigilante guy you who do. does the favor for the neighborhood. I, I think I need to wake up at like five next time to try to do more. And then leave the house to then- send the message that you had to be out. Yes. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just hop in a car and drive yeah. somewhere. And that's that's kind of the way I feel because like I work from home. So they all just see me walk back inside. Yeah. And, like I was eating breakfast and I saw like a full family come out and start like shoveling. And I was like, oh, With I their forgot little sand them. spades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Anyways, I went back out, helped them, got a hug from the father that I don't know that well. Oh, wow. He was like, God bless you. I was like, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Maybe you'll get like Christmas cookies that you can't eat no, or, no. or some wine that you can't drink or the something. F- the funny thing, and I don't want anything from it, but the funny thing is people always say they're going to do something for it. There's a guy who said he was going to make me gluten-free, dairy-free cookies last year oh. and just like didn't. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's fine. I find it more <laughs> funny that you committed to something that yeah. you weren't going to do. And I told him that's time, like, no, don't worry about it. And then today a guy's like, hey, what do you drink? Like beer or wine? I was like, man, it's fine. Like I, it took me like five minutes to. Yeah, I don't know. It's not so much about your time investment. It's what you've taken off of their plate. That is true, well, so and that's what I real. That's why yeah. I feel so guilty because I'm like I hate shoveling so much. Like I'm so down with physical activity. Mm-hmm. I'm so down with going to the gym, going for long runs. Yep. This is all, but shoveling, kill me. Really, I actually don't mind shoveling. It's like mowing a lawn. You can really see your progress as it happens. That's that's true. It's I, not I an like, abstract chore. I like mowing the lawn, but I like get angry while I shovel. Like it like hurts my back. <laughs> yeah. Just like the I think it's like the twisting, the fact that I'm like not you're not doing something that's um like equal on both sides. Mm-hmm. So you're really using like the muscles on one side. I don't know, I just don't like that. I have a couple of pet peeves that happen while like if I'm if I'm shoveling a smooth driveway that I don't own by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a good process, but like if I'm chugging along with that shovel and it hits a snag 
Oh, and I, isn't and I the worst? Like, hit myself in the stomach. You spear with the, yourself. I hate that. Yep. Another thing I really hate is if it's just a little bit wet and you can't scoop shove, uh, scoop snow without it just being caked to the inside of the shovel. Yes. Yeah. That is bad, too. <laughs> good podcast so far. We've got, we've got a couple good points that we've hit on. <laughs> hey, thank you for buying a bunch of copies of my book and then posting about it on social media. No problem. You I didn't want that, that to look too, too gaudy, but at the same time, I was like, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to move units yep. here. You moved some units. I, now, what did you think? <laughs> I thought about this later, but I want to know your thoughts on it because I brought it up to Jen, and I wondered if you would talk about this in private. Um, the fact that I bought... I knew you were going to ask me this. I bought you the, bought the signed, signed copies. copies. Yeah. And then like that night, I said to Jen, I feel like Sweets is probably going to say, why did he buy the signed copies? Because I could have personally signed whichever copies he ended up buying it crossed my mind but because like i made a chore to go in and get those I ones know, signed. i know i know and i'm sorry about that <laughs> I, I we didn't take all of them no but the the sticker does look impressive <clears throat> i know that that is that's part of it yeah no so, it's fine i'll just go back and do some more i can go forge some if you want <laughs> <laughs> just like we'll get some some printouts man wouldn't it be funny if people did that with like like our, our token books and stuff like well it's always bothered fake. me it's always bothered me that heather's pick like heather is the ceo of indigo yeah. or something it always bothers me that like heather's pick is like to kill a mockingbird or yeah. the hunger games these books that absolutely do not need heather's uh like push right we know someone that works at at chapters we can probably get some heather's pick stickers and yeah you think stick so them on or alternatively we could just form a show show book club and just make stickers and put it on like tons oh, of books. that would be cool too <laughs> right on the will smith uh autobiography yeah we, or we could have like is it possible to maybe make a, a an offshoot of this like could we make the small print like show show oprah edition and so we would just make the Oprah edition like really big. Okay. So it would look like on the stickers, it would say like Oprah edition. It would seem like a, like a. Oh, it looks like an Oprah sticker, but actually it's just but us. But actually it's a show show sticker yeah. that we. Chopra. Chopra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm sure that's some kind of legal issue. You're but... 100% right. And it's not there's worth no our effort. Would, there's no way it would not get seen. And we're just really trying to sell one book. <laughs> that's true. like i don't care about everyone else's book that's true they're gonna notice they're actually gonna be suspicious why there's not that sticker on any other book <laughs> i think we've got it narrowed down so now we need to print thousands of them and off the back and actually... of the back of the book also says the show show podcast with sweets and slaney <laughs> right <laughs> Ooh, they really didn't cast, uh, cast a wide, own... wide enough net on this one yeah dug our own grave on that one yeah hey we've got a, a jade explains a thing yes oh first i wanted to explain the production elements of this okay so if you remember, um, this is Jade explaining the legacy of Stephen Sondheim. And specifically, nice. you asked her what her uh, favorite of his works is. Yep. And so I got it in my head recently, and it might have had something to do with watching all the Beatles stuff lately, that a good theme song, which we don't have like the rights to use, but I used it anyway, for Jade Explains a Thing is Jet by Paul McCartney and Wings, <laughs> because Jade explains a thing. J-E-T. Oh. <laughs> and so i used it so this we're week. gonna jet i used it this week and then after the fact after i built it i realized this is specifically the one where she's talking about songwriters and i could have used any of his songs but instead i, I used jet. you could have used we are the jets from yep. west side story oh you asshole <laughs> ah! no i like this song 
explains a thing. Just here to add to the Stephen Sondheim conversation, what would be his top three? I mostly agree with you. I just would like add to that. He also wrote the lyrics for Gypsy, which is a really popular show. He also wrote Company, like his music and lyrics for Company, which is a little bit older. It's from the 70s, but it won all the Tonys. Most people have some memory in their head of Elaine Stritch singing, here's to the ladies who lunch, everybody laugh. That one's also got another hundred people in it. He's also Sunday in the Park with George, which won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. I would put those ones over Merrily We Roll Along, but maybe that won't be true after the 20 year movie comes out. This has been Jade Explains a Thing. There's no podcast in the world that has discussed the 20 year Richard Linklater Merrily We Roll Along movie as much as our podcast. And to the to the music of Paul McCartney. <laughs> I love it. She also added, by the way, because you asked for her favorite, she said she's an Into the Woods girl. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Which is apparently like um, insanely dark. Yeah. I, th- I think I've seen it all. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. Well, I think it's dark in that it highlights how all of these fairy tales that it's spoofing are dark on their own. And so like the first act of of Into the Woods is quite sunny and chipper, the way Mm -hmm. fairy tales appear to be at first. In the second act, most of them die or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like Willy Wonka styles. Yeah, that's definitely dark. Yeah. It's very, and as a kid, I don't know if I got it. Like the tunnel where he's like, there is no telling where we're going. Yeah. That part is scary when you're a kid. Yeah. But it kind of goes over your head that he's the child murderer. All the kids are just out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like your watch. Thanks, bud. It's really shining. This is a Vostok Amphibia Russian watch. Mm-hmm. It's very quirky and I'm a great fan of it. So... You said that it took you about a half an hour to actually wind it to get the date to where it has to be. Are you super regret? Are you super not looking forward to the 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 next thirty month that comes up? So here's the thing. Yes, there's no specific hack in the crown mm-hmm. for the date, which just means you have to wind it two full rotations of the hour hand just to get it to click one day ahead in the date window. And we're not talking about hacks or the crown right now. We're talking about watches. That's right. This and is not. not- not an HBO prestige drama conversation right now. We're talking right. about timepieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, it was like 28 days behind. And so that's why I had to wind it for so long. Right. But going forward, it's never going to be more than like a day or two behind. Yes, gotcha. So it won't be so as big of an issue again. Take like uh, like five minutes. That's right. What have you been watching? Have you finished the Beatles yet? Because I have like an hour and a half left. Oh, you haven't finished it yet. I mean, it's it takes forever to get through. It does take a long time. I, I had a large sitting... Um, at the end of it. Um, yes, I finished it. I loved it. I'll cruise through the rest because I probably just have like rooftop concert left. Yeah. Yeah. And and even everything leading up to that. I, like I just, re- you know what people are saying and I totally agree with it is how much they like Ringo. Yeah. From just like being the chill guy. He's like always there. Seems like he's like kind of always in a good mood, ready. He's not arguing with anyone. He's just like a, a band member. A total professional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that whole scene, did you see the scene with Paul McCartney's daughter in it? Yeah. And he's kind of like playing along with her. It was like really sweet. He's like sweet. the one guy who who's like kind of so having a blast. That was Heather McCartney. She's not his daughter at this point. She's Linda's daughter. He's not married to Linda yet. Oh. And he does uh, pretty soon thereafter adopt Heather. <clears throat> gotcha. And she's now Heather McCartney, Paul's daughter. Right. Um, but like, it's it's quite sweet how good he is with this little kid. Like considering we keep talking about how young these Beatles actually are. Yeah. But like- Yoko and George are, or Yoko and John are both divorced and like mm. 
George is married, but he's about to get divorced. Yeah. And like, there's all kinds of like living that's already been done. Well, and stuff that I didn't realize, like I kind of went out of that originally and was like, they were friends. Like they were all friends. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff after that I've heard about, like, uh, like actually Bill Simmons and Chuck Klosterman did. A, I don't know why I never read any Chuck Klosterman books. Cause I think I'd be really into them. I think you would be too. Um, but he, uh, they kind of broke down several things that happened after, like, um, uh, uh, the fact that, um, sorry, why did I lose my train of thought there? <laughs> it was like, I was thinking about how I was thinking yeah, and then it really threw me off, but he was talking about, oh yeah, there's like a playboy article apparently where John Lennon famously like just shits all over Paul McCartney. Oh, interesting. And Paul McCartney, because like <clears throat> they eventually sign with alan klein down the road Mm -hmm. which doesn't show at all but there's parts i don't know if you've got to the part at all where john lennon has like had dinner with alan klein no i don't think so um and he's just discussing it after the fact but the whole thing was like are we going to sign with alan klein next who's the rolling stones manager oh okay no that did come up Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and um and so they're they end up signing with him and and i guess paul doesn't like it and there's kind of a fallout there and paul is the one who I guess sends like a a memo mm. that says like the Beatles are breaking up. So it made it seem like Paul was kind of the one who It finally, was quite dramatic. Yeah. But you know, there's also that famous story that must have taken place like in the mid to late seventies mm-hmm. where uh somebody on SNL was talking about how the Beatles broke up a few years ago and yeah. like John calls up Paul and he's like, Should we go down there? Right. And so like it creates this idea that maybe there was a dialogue. It's right. not like for that ten year period it was all ice. No, like Lorne yeah, Lorne Michaels famously offers them one hundred dollars to come on the show right. and play. And, or maybe it's a thousand. Right. But uh but yeah, they um that, yeah, they're like talking back and forth. Like it seems like they would have potentially been the type of band to get back together. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I think that's also kind of why there's so much fame around them. I mean, they never did. I don't even. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's true. Any time something ends too early, it becomes like all the more deified. Uh, Not to take away from it, but like the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac got back together. For sure, the Beatles would have. Like, I didn't even really know that feuding was a part of their fabric Mm. until recently. Yeah. Until people started to be like, apparently, Let It Be wasn't as tempestuous as we all thought. Right. And I was like, was it? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. And the whole Yoko stuff, that was always a... I mean, I've heard the Yoko thing. stuff. Yeah. And she is weird. One of the best shots in episode three is when she's doing her throat singing. Yeah. And they zoom in on Heather McCartney, who's like six and precious. And she's just giving her a look like, like, what? What is that? What's happening? And then she <laughs> kind of starts just screaming into the mic at one point, yeah. And John kind of like looks over as if to be like, hey, Yoko, she's doing the Yoko. Yeah. yeah. I think John on some level knew that it was weird too. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And they, they corroborated the, <clears throat> the heroin thing. Like there's probably a lot of heroin happening then. Too. Oh, I think so. We watched The Holiday, which we watch every year. It's not a very good movie, but we adore that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched. I watched uh, the second episode of Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah. You're you're just kind of okay. It's with just it. super MCU ish. Yeah. You get nothing new, really. Nope. No. 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 Um, I would say the third episode, kind of the same, but I like I enjoyed it still. Yeah. Maybe more so. I mean, the second episode's pretty like exciting that's like the car chase sure there's action in it yeah 
Japan. I do find it funny the fact that they're talking about all of the like arrows he used because I don't think they've ever elaborated on that. I don't no. think it's ever shown him use anything, but maybe like an exploding arrow. That's either where this show is successful or a failure in, right. in expounding on what Hawkeye is when we really never were wishing for more Hawkeye to begin with. No, no one we're was. just wishing for more Marvel, as it turns out, mm-hmm. and I mean the royal we, not me specifically. Right. I watched, as I also watch every year, A Muppet Family Christmas. Have we ever talked about that special? Yeah. That's one of my favorites. And for some reason, although it's a cult classic, uh-huh. and the Muppets have many classics that are not cult classics, for some reason, the Henson people, or Disney or whoever, does not seem terribly proud of A Muppet Family Christmas. Mm. It's not on Disney+. Plus. We did it on the show show, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, I think we did. Yeah. But it's you can watch it on YouTube. Like It's mm-hmm. not hard to watch like a good quality version of it. Uh, which is good because for years I just had it on a VHS tape and I was like, this tape's going to die and the show will die with it. But YouTube has changed everything. Um, for some reason, it's just not one of the the Muppet shows that they seem to like wave the flag of. Yeah. And yet a lot of people really love it because it's like the Muppet show and Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock. Like it brings everything together and the, the music is nice. It was like one of the first crossover episodes you remember as a child. Yeah, speaking of the MCU, it's the yeah. original great crossover. Right. <clears throat> I went down a little bit of a, a research rabbit hole on a very specific element of this uh, special that I never really cared enough about to to look into. Okay. But there's a running joke in A Muppet Family Christmas, um, which is uh, everybody comes in from the outside and they're always shivering because there's a snowstorm outside. Right. And everybody says the same phrase they say it's cold enough out there to freeze your winnebago and they all say it yeah and i don't i never knew why okay i figure this is like some expression that i'm not familiar with but i know a winnebago to be like a camper van yeah so it's like an rv so what what does this sentence mean it's cold enough to freeze your winnebago it doesn't make sense and so i googled the phrase Mm -hmm. and more than 90% of the search results are, in fact, a Muppet Family Christmas references. And so it, this is, like, by and large, what that phrase is known for now. Right. But if you dig deep enough, you learn that Winnebago originally is the Algonquin word for Wisconsin. And the phrase actually means it's even too cold out there for Wisconsin, which uh. starts to make a little bit more sense. The phrase was popularized by this Algonquin canoeer slash like travel writer mm-hmm. in like the 1500s or something, like hundreds of years ago. <clears throat> he wrote the phrase and then he mysteriously died in a canoe accident. Mysteriously. Yeah, he was like a great canoeer, but then he died mysteriously. His, his catchphrase was You're too hot. You're not going to believe where I'm going with this. Oh my God, okay. Because it hasn't gotten weird yet. <laughs> And then the Pope introduces the phrase to the Catholic Church, and it starts to become like a zippy thing that Catholics say. It's cold enough out there to freeze your Winnebago. What? I don't know how the how the church <laughs> uses a silly phrase about Wisconsin, but they do. And then <laughs> forms a like a true conspiracy theory that people believe that the Pope had this guy killed so that he wouldn't have to pay the indigenous guy for his art. Huh. And more people believe. But are, are, do you mean art by like the f- the phrase? Yeah, because he's a writer. He like okay. he, they plagiarized this native person, huh? And had the guy whacked. Whoa! I, there's another stage to this. A lot of people believe that that is in fact the final straw in why King Henry VIII left the Catholic Church. It wasn't about divorce. <laughs> there are a lot of people 
as it turns out if you dig deep enough, who think this phrase that's now most famous from a B-tier Muppet Christmas special yep. is actually the reason the Anglican church exists. <laughs> this is so wild. First of all, the idea that um, royalties were expected to be paid so heavily, especially by the Catholic church, like we're talking about like like the Vatican. Okay, ver- but has versus, the, uh, can you think of any other times when the Catholic church maybe did something a little bit unceremonious to specifically indigenous people yeah but i sure i what all i'm saying is like couldn't they have just got away with it yes oh it's insane (laughs) surely this is not true but like it's just fascinating that i was like that's a silly expression i'd love to learn more about and it came to the origins of the anglican church jim henson was like what's something we could have them say yeah oh i know (laughs) it would be really silly if Fozzie said it it would really sound good in Fozzie's voice and it wasn't used at all in like any marketing by winnebago i don't think so wow that's so but surely that's why winnebago the camping company uses it because it's like a like an old Algonquin word, and it's got to do with nature and the outdoors. But do they use that? Well, it's the name of their company. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Just Winnebago. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's that's not where I expected it to go. No, it's a deep rabbit hole. Once you said Pope. Fraggle Rock, if you will. Yes. It, yeah. gets, it just goes all the way to the top, man. Yeah. My, my dad uh, looked me in the eye, and he's like, uh, I think you're doing too much of your research on Facebook. <laughs> and I said, Dad, you need to see a movie called Spotlight. That's right. Or... <laughs> The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Dan Brown's next book. Yeah. And it features the Muppets. <laughs> oh, my God. They're just dropping in like, he's like in a church, and all of a sudden, those guys <laughs> whose names I can't remember are like, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, Statler and Waldorf. He's not half bad. I would love to see a Robert Langdon and Kermit mystery adventure <laughs> yep. thriller. Sure. That's what the world needs. Oh. There was a, a, a Robert Langdon TV series this year that we never even touched. We never even no. talked about it. No, I don't. I don't even think I knew about it. It was like a network TV show where they like have a an actor who we wouldn't recognize, who doesn't look like Tom Hanks, <laughs> playing the new Dan Brown, uh, the new Robert Langdon. I think it's the Lost Symbol they did as a TV show. Yes. What did it air on? I don't know. Like Showcase. Yeah, or like Showcase only, or maybe like CBS. Like it was. It was Weird. nothing like we would have touched. Huh. Okay. Uh, and Succession, the penultimate episode of the season. Ugh. What? <clears throat> it's the second last episode. Yeah. One more. Jesus. Yeah. That's rough. I um You know a lot of people think that Kendall is dead, right? Which is not true. No. No, it's not true. What do you mean? Like just because he's super sad and his face is in the pool at the end of the episode? Tons of people oh, are like, oh, he's dead. Oh no, yeah, dead. No. no. There's no way. No. There's no way that they would open an episode by being like, oh, and Kendall's dead. By the way, Kendall died. No yeah. way. Did you th- see the thing that Brian Cox said about... Uh, I read the whole article. Did you? I read the whole 8,000 word piece. The, so the article by Jeremy, or like with Jeremy Strong or... Yeah, so it's a profile of Jeremy Strong in the New Yorker. It's called yeah. Jeremy Strong Does Not Get the Joke. And it's an 8,000 word profile. This guy followed him for a long time. Yeah. And basically wrote about how Jeremy Strong is like off it. Yeah, so like basically <clears throat> proving what everyone kind of thought anyway. Yeah, he's frustrating to the other actors on the show. Yeah, but in like a the show, the article quibbles a lot with the with the phrase method acting and how yeah. like a, a lot of what we consider to be like colloquially method acting is probably what he's doing. But method actors would resent that because it's really, I mean, he has a method, right? But like it's so much more esoteric than that, mm-hmm. and he's frustrating perhaps because the character is frustrating. And like, there's a piece in the sure. article where like apparently 
he he kept doing all this improv and improv is allowed on succession but like nobody on set really believed that it was improv it really felt like he wrote this monologue and he brought it with him and he kept insisting on doing it take after take and at one point sarah snook was just like kendall shut up and like she stayed in character and she used his name but it was very clear she was so frustrated with jeremy strong and the the article also invokes this famous story from the set of marathon man because jeremy strong is like really obsessed with daniel day lewis and dustin hoffman and al pacino and so it's all kind of structured around how he has very deliberately uh strategized his career to emulate theirs yeah and so in the part that talks specifically about his relationship to dustin hoffman the article invokes this famous story about uh the production of marathon man where Dustin Hoppin shows up to work uh, for a scene where he has to appear tired and he hasn't slept for three days. And famously, Laurence Olivier says, my dear boy, you should try acting. Right. Yeah. Which is a great story. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of how Brian Cox feels about Jeremy Strong. Like, I'm concerned about you. You're injuring yourself, like running through the streets of New York. And it's got to be emotionally taxing. Right. Like, why are you putting yourself through this? You're an actor. You're a good one. Yeah. You could just act. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I am so... Like, I'll for sure read that. It's a good read. It's a decent... Okay. Yeah. And he's not <clears throat> on any, like, interview show. Like, when's the last time you've actually... But he's obviously giving quotes. Like, he's being interviewed in the... Oh, no, it's like a... Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's it's a shadow profile. Right. And it's all about, like, the clothes that he wears. And, like, do you remember uh, when he wore the big, like, frilly bow when he won his Emmy? No. He wore like a bow tie like the size of the couch you're sitting on. Right. <laughs> and apparently that was like a Daniel Day-Lewis reference. Oh. And uh, he's worked for all three of those actors. Like he weaseled his way into like working for them. He lived in Michelle Williams' basement for a while. I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but like he's kind of been around and a lot of people know him. And yeah. half the people think he's full of shit and half the people think he's the real deal. Oh, really? Yeah. Is there, is there like <clears throat> good people being like, no, no, he's Oh, yeah. You, you won't believe a few of them. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I knew he was on... the oh, Such a weird choice for him was doing this, like, uh, Guy Ritchie movie the gentleman. on Netflix. The Gentleman. Yeah. And it was like... He, like, if you're a serious actor, why do you agree to this movie? Apparently, he doesn't like to talk about that movie. Oh, he doesn't? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, watching it, it was like, you, you, you seem like an idiot for doing it. Right. He did one Corden. I think it's his only late night interview ever. And he's like done some obligatory succession uh, press, but mostly like they'll do uh, the Google uh, incomplete interview or whatever with two of them or three of them, but not none of it ever involves Jeremy Strong. And I find that like, so like Kieran Culkin, Nicholas Braun. Oh yeah. He's everywhere. And Brian Cox are like, and Sarah Snook is everywhere too. Is she? Oh yeah. I haven't seen. And so is, uh, Wom's games? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Matthew McFadden. I haven't seen a uh, a single one, really. But, okay, just to quickly go through the episode. Um, what all happened? Oh, they go to Italy. They go to Italy. Yeah. I think the I think the most jarring part of the episode was Brian Cox getting his grandson to come out oh, to eat the food. That was chilling. <laughs> that was like... Yeah. Yeah. And then when he brings up the the kid drowning. Yeah. It's... it's uh, it's a rough one, man. Yeah. But, oh, I, but the, the way it ends is where you get all your joy back in the boardroom. The thing with Kieran. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> that's like that was incredible him like trying to like hide himself between his own shoulders yeah there, i love when you start seeing a meme <clears throat> from a show right away right away like that's yeah. when you know that's why i i'm excited to be watching succession as it's happening because i so rarely am in on the show as it's happening mm-hmm. these shows that like twitter is flooding itself with yeah. the morning after it's exciting alan seppenwall did a, a top 20 shows he's like a kind of a ringer guy but this was for rolling stone yeah that he did um and his number one show throughout like obviously succession was on there and you know reservation dogs and uh his number one show is the white lotus no right? okay no, was, i'm thinking of it was a different like article seven okay. yeah his uh his number one show was for all mankind what's that so it's that apple show where like if the if the um the man on the moon, the first man on the moon was actually like Russian. Oh. And so it's like, it's not, it's not like man in the high tower where it's a million miles away from like, like, you know, if Germany won the, won right. the war, it's like just slight differences. It is like happening. a revisionist history kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, but, but it's like, um, anyways, the fact that he said that was his number one. So there's two seasons out. Mm. I'm like, okay, this, this shoots to the top. A lot of people saying reservation dogs too. Yep. I got to watch Reservation Dogs now. I, I got to finish it off. That's going to rule the Emmys next year, I think. I think you're right. And and I like Taika Waititi. <clears throat> Anything he touches, I tend to like a lot. Every time. I think I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to watch this because it's like, it can potentially be a little more sad. But I, I think so, yeah. But I really like found it funny mm-hmm. too. And I'm like kind of in withdrawal from like what we do in the shadows, which was another one on everyone's list. So I think I'm gonna gonna follow through on that one. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. I think we can probably squeeze in one more pod before Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I can't next Thursday though. Actually, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Is the is the Thursday following that? Because that's the yeah 16th. the Thursday following that's the 23rd. Maybe we'll pick another day. We'll figure. Yeah, something maybe out. we could just do like a Wednesday night yeah, or something. Yeah, that's like that. totally fine. I'm gonna be off that week. I think. Uh, Cowboy Bebop already canceled. Canceled, man. Like in in utter disgrace. What a matzo ball <clears throat> hanging out. I, I I looked at the RT too, and it was not good. It was like 50. percent No, I think that when we watched it, there was a sense of like, well, maybe it's supposed to be this campy, and like maybe mm. some people will kind of find it cult cool. Right. I mean, Netflix didn't. In fairness, they didn't give it much chance to mellow. Like no, they they made a call on the numbers pretty quick, pretty fast. Yeah, they must have been bad. Damn, I wonder what John Cho's saying. I don't know. I saw him do one of those like little uh, Yahoo.com things like the other day. He's doing press for it now. Really, the show's still brand new. Ugh. Bebop. Jeopardy continuing to straddle the fence between Ken and Mayim. The consensus, as I've said before, is that they desperately want to give this show to Mayim Bialik, but she's still on Call Me Cat, which is a Fox show. And so they're basically waiting it out. They're expecting that show to get canceled and they want to give her the job full time. Mm. Uh, That's not what I want. Seems to be a lot of people are in my corner, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to be disappointed by next year. We can all do another petition. Yeah. Also, can I just add more like Cowboy B flop? No, not bad. That was worth going back for. <laughs> I think so, yeah. too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, trailer for Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. This is Adam McKay's yeah. uh, little period show about the LA Lakers. I don't think I realized that it was a Lakers-specific show, which hmm. which undoubtedly does deserve its own story. I thought it was going to be more Lakers-Celtics rivalry. And but I isn't think that's this guy just... Jerry Buss specifically a Lakers guy? 
He is, but I didn't know the show centered around Jerry Buss. Okay. I thought that John C. Riley was going to play Jerry Buss, and then, like, at the time, um, we also had Bo Burnham, who was going to play Larry Bird. So I thought it was just going to kind of be, like, a period piece, possibly, like, Lakers Celtics or just, like, late late era basketball. Well, and it seems like Magic Johnson is a very big component. Huge, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's going to be, um, I think it's going to be pretty good. It looks pretty flashy and cool and kind of yeah. like an American hustle type way. I liked what a guy put on like one of the YouTube comments, which was like, I love Adam McKay, but I'm so happy to watch something where it's just not him screaming about something I already agree with him on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, it is kind of cool. Like, yeah, let's just do a, a Lakers thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I haven't seen Don't Look Up, and actually the reviews are middling. I'm excited for this movie because of the star power of it, but he's yeah. just telling people who already believe in climate change that climate change is real. Yeah. And he, when he made Vice, he's just telling people who already know American government is corrupt that American government is corrupt. Right. And something, too, about the big short. So you're right. He's kind of screaming into an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Same, oh, the same with the big short. It was basically like, yeah. like, the game is kind of rigged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you are soulless enough, you can make it here in this economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still excited for it. Sure. I mean, I don't know anything about the the Lakers, um, but like it looks I think it, interesting. I think it's going to be accessible enough. Should be. So it's like, you, you know, like Jerry Buss will explain who he is. He's like a larger than life character, yeah. which you can grasp from the... Given that it's revolving around him more than you thought it kind of puts a little more color to the Will Ferrell of it all. Like, he really yeah. got cheated out of a big part. But also, like, like Will Ferrell's one of those people where as soon as you start, as soon as you do it, it almost feels like a funnier die thing. It's tough. I yeah. mean, I think he wants to be taken seriously for the, the shrink next door. Yeah. It's not exactly in his lane. No. But also, I don't know. That show didn't really take off. Mm. I'm no. a big Stranger Than Fiction guy. Yeah, you mentioned that. I love that movie. You mentioned that. And then there's a <clears throat> there's another I, I feel like in Shrink Next Door he's so close to Stranger Than Fiction, right? Yep, he is he, for he sure. Said that. Yep. I wonder if there's another besides this Hallmark movie. <laughs> uh he played he spoke Spanish in a movie. That was like a weird choice he made once. Okay. Uh is there a, am I conflating things or did he make a movie called Everything Must Go where he plays like a sad sack who's not Will Farrelly? Uh, yeah, you could be right. I mean, it's a very like specific, tried serious, a a very specific times. memory, unless I'm thinking of somebody else entirely. Mm-hmm. But like, did Will Ferrell, like, why does Will Ferrell want to be taken seriously? Well, what else is he going to do next? Yeah, I guess. He's got all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. He just wants a challenge, I think. Maybe and, that's it. Or like a chance to do something meaningful. Like, I mean, we're not going to want the Ricky Bobby, uh, art, uh, What's his name? Ron <laughs> said Art Burgundy. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Ron Bur- we don't want that anymore. Like that's over. Yeah, maybe it's a little too over the top. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I got you. I hear what you're saying. I I think the what we don't want is just kind of like the Sherlock Holmes style Will Ferrell. I don't even. I didn't see that movie. You know what I'd be down for? Okay. <laughs> is like old school Will Ferrell. Oh, you mean literally old school? I yeah. Thought, I thought you meant like no, no, proverbially, like how time. he used to be. No. Uh, well, he, he can't play that guy anymore. That's more creepy than ever. Wait, like a fifty-eight-year-old guy who's like a party animal? 
No, no, I didn't mean the party animal thing. I, I meant kind of like uh, he's not overtly like Cartoon. playing a character. Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of like a guy in a situation who has to react in a certain way, mm-hmm. which like was stepbrothers amplified to 10. Yeah, he's definitely playing a character in. Well, no, you're right. He's not. He's not wearing a, like a silly costume and a mustache in Step Brothers. But he's close to it. Definitely very cartoony. Yeah, yeah. What about his turn in Wedding Crashers? Like that guy's. That guy's cartoony too. That's also like more cartoony yeah. than than I mean because there's a seriousness to him in old school. I guess I haven't seen that movie in years. Where he like kind of starts out and he's like a little like kind of timid, like he's married recently mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to like step outside the lines too much. Like we just went to. Uh, Actually, tomorrow we're supposed to go to Home Depot and pick out some wallpaper. So it's a pretty big day I got lined up for me. I think I had a conversation with somebody recently about old school. And does that movie not age well? I mean, it doesn't like in the sense of like in the in the same way that like a, like an animal house doesn't really age well. That's it's very like I mean. frat boy. Yeah. But like also it's got enough heart to to get by yeah like in ultimate, like, like super bad ultimately like yeah like vince vaughn who's constantly talking about like hooking up with other women right doesn't because he's like he kind of like realizes what he has mm-hmm. which you know there's a movie where he just goes like oh my god this is amazing like let's hook up with a college girl well that was wedding crashers and then like the moral yeah. of the story is that he just found another girl who was as big <laughs> of a freak as he was right yeah and that's what you got to do. That's, that's, I guess, the lesson. <laughs> that's the takeaway. Tom Holland's going to play Fred Astaire in a biopic. Yeah, what a weird choice. Is it? He played Billy Elliot. He's a dancer. It's weird in the way that, like, like, um, you know how people aren't super curious about the Ricardos? That's a good That's a good comparison. You know? Yeah. Like, this is Aaron Sorkin huh. wanted to make this movie, and he can get a movie made. Right. Definitely not a lot of people are like, who's going to tell the Fred Astaire story? No. But I feel like Tom Holland's like, wow, this is completely what I want to be doing right now because it's not Spider-Man and it's not a blockbuster yeah. movie. And well, that's right. And like he's got Uncharted coming out pretty soon. But like yeah. other take Spider-Man out of the equation. He actually doesn't have that many hits. No. Cherry wasn't it. But he's young. Like he's like super young. And he's one of the like he's one of the biggest stars in the world, too. Mm-hmm. And he's incredibly likable. He was on Hot Ones today. Like this is a oh, guy. Really? Everybody's in Tom Holland's corner. And I would watch this. I guess I probably will. Yeah. Um, and maybe he has the skill set, but I'm not watching it because I'm desperate to know more about Fred Astaire. I'm desperate. No disrespect. I'm desperate to know about how he did on Hot Ones. <laughs> he struggled. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> the boy suffered actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. By the end of it, was he like? Was he like one of the best sufferers you've seen? I mean, it was a good watch. Yeah. He really understood the show, and he really nice. wanted to be a killer on the show. Cool. But like he was sweating in the first one. That's 100% me. Like yeah. I'd go in and be like, my mouth isn't spicy right now. Yeah. And I don't believe it can get that spicy. Well, and, and then I start eating them. And he's like, I really wanted to do this without drinking any of the milk. And Sean's like, the milk is there to help. Like it's not, it's not a better triumph yeah. to add to the challenge. The yeah. challenge is harder, hard as it is. Right. Plus Sean does whatever the guest does. Yes. And so he's trying to persuade Tom away from being irresponsible. Right. Well, and I, I remember hearing Dax Shepard say that he like switched the wings yeah. on him and he like struggled at that point. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I, I don't know. If he I, just like takes it easier on. Dax kind of wrecked the format format though. Like he he, you're supposed to upgrade as it goes. If you, if you start with a really hot wing, oh, is that what he did? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't watch it at all. That's stupid. Then it's over. I should watch that one. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of all I have. We keep updating the cast for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Um, Rami Malek, Florence Pugh, and Benny Safdie all joining that movie. So that movie is hmm. loaded. Yeah. Benny Safdie not really in anything else besides like Good Time and I think he was supposed to be in something else too, wasn't he? Was it? he in Good Time? I didn't I didn't He was, yeah. yeah. Um He's gonna be in uh the Obi Wan Kenobi show. That was it. Okay. Yeah. I knew he was gonna be in something else big. Book of Boba Fett, is that coming out soon? Yep, right after Christmas. Right after Christmas. Yeah. Now, are we gonna get another we are getting another Mandalorian. Yep. Do you think we're gonna see the child again? Oh, yeah. See Grogu? Yeah. Okay. We'll see the Grogu. That's what the show is. That's the heart of the show. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we'll see him right away. Mm -hmm. Probably going to have to build up Mando being a bit of a lone ranger again. He yeah. he cared for something. He did what he wasn't really comfortable doing by right. like putting his heart out there, and it and it cost him. Now we're going to get like Quantum of Solace Mando. I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. But no, it'll come back around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the real question is, Grogu is 50 and still a baby mm -hmm. in the time of the Mandalorian. So where is Grogu in the time of the Star Wars sequel trilogy? Yeah. Where is he respective to Rey Skywalker? Mm, These yeah. are the kind of questions we ask on the other podcast. That he's going to be superimposed. Yeah. <laughs> Stick him back background. in. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The Lucas cut. Yeah. You just see him like riding on a, I don't know. Tauntaun or something? Yeah, maybe a taunt. I was going to sure. yeah. It could be that. Just in the background. Far in the background. It is your turn to recap the show. Okay. We're only doing one this week, and it's only 23 minutes, so I don't know how yeah. much we're going to have to say about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Silverman's character's name is Mary? Candy. Candy. You recap the first episode of Santa Inc., mm -hmm. which is an HBO Go show. HBO Max. Max. There's too many names for the... It's on Crave. In three, two, one, go. So... Candy is a elf. She works at the North Pole. Santa is um, about to potentially retire. He loses his second in command, played by Don Cheadle, I think. And uh, not Don Cheadle. No. Tim, Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Robbins. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> uh, in any case, <laughs> uh, she wants to take the ultimate place of Santa. And Santa's thinking about it at the end. I can't believe you took that detour and you still and finished still, two yeah, seconds there, early. There wasn't a whole lot to no. say. The, the thing is, there's a lot of interaction in between where they use as much obscenity as possible, which normally I'm here for, but it was just like, you're just doing it to do it. Absolutely. Like they really wanted to set the tone. It just It's the sausage party gimmick again. It's like we, we're taking this style that yeah. is famous for the kids and we're just making them say uh, R-rated words. Did you know that this has the lowest rating ever on IMDb? So this is a complicated issue. Yeah, I understand, and it shouldn't be. It, but it's, but it's like uh, there's a whole thing about this, and I also was startled by its 1.1 rating on IMDb and its four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, what you, what I didn't consider at first, but is true, is that both of these ratings are audience ratings. Yeah. And that it's just rife with uh, anti-Semitic internet trolls. Oh, no. Saying that the show is trying to take down Christmas. Oh, so it's Trump God. people who think that there's a war on Christmas thinking that this is anti-Christian propaganda. Oh, gross. So that's why the reviews are bad. So it's yeah. suddenly there's, you really have no way of knowing that's if, terrible people, that it's if people that like the show. Bad. Yeah, it's... Because the thing is, like... I didn't like the show 
And I did think it was like cynical and, and pretty bad. Yeah. But like not for those reasons. No. So I don't really know what the what the genuine opinion of the show is. Yeah. The the ultimate, like there was some stuff that kind of made me like chuckle a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't enough to make me say, okay, I want to keep watching it. I understand that I had to lay some groundwork, but like, yeah, probably wasn't something that I'll continue watching. I mean, the just the premise of the North Pole is run like a business is kind of tired. Like basically everything yeah. that incorporates Santa does a version of that. Yeah. Like it's a tight ship he runs here and right. like this is the head elf. Mm-hmm. And I do like that Santa is trying to be like a cool like manager, but he's yeah. also like a part of an old boys club where he yeah. really doesn't want. I, like I thought that was kind of unique. He thinks he's the most progressive Santa ever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And he tries to invite her to get her haircut, but is really relieved when she doesn't want to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. I'd like, it's kind of, if it's propaganda about anything, it's anti-capitalism. Like it seems to be like the, just the fact that like the heir apparent to the Santa throne, uh, gets hired away by Jeff Bezos. Is like right. like that's supposed to be saying like the this right. this money are... the corporations this money grubbing season that you all fawn over yeah. is ugly but right. also like you can enjoy a TV special like you, you you've been very cynical about like what is joyous about a season mm-hmm. I think but again I don't want to sound too much like I'm saying they're taking the Christ out of Christmas because that's not my point right it's just. It just doesn't seem to, to find any joy in Christmas, which it should have. Like, right. like candy should a little bit have the Christmas spirit that is otherwise lost here. She should know what we've been missing all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is also a little played out. Yep. But um, but, but so I, is elves at the North Pole. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's it's hard to touch on something original for a Christmas. Yeah, Christmas movie. You know what's funny? I I said at work this week that I thought um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I was like, everyone was kind of talking about their like Christmas movies they enjoyed, and like people had said a couple other ones. I was like, I really liked uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. Like the one that always kind of like hits me right. And I got like such a immediately. I don't know if it was like something that is maybe like a like a European thing where people are like, oh, I just don't think that one ages well. Like oh. all of them, I was like, whoa, okay, cool. Let's That's just shit on me now. Strong opinion. I went along when people were like, oh, the Santa Claus. I like the Grinch. <laughs> but as soon as I say Christmas vacation, everyone's like, oh, no. Conversation over. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. Maybe it is I'm a gonna, European I'm, thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up. Maybe, maybe that movie is too American. Because mm. it is also kind of cynical, like it has a darkness to it. Yeah, yeah, and people were saying like Chevy Chase, like it doesn't age well. Well, Chevy Chase doesn't age well, and I think that's maybe what they were saying. But I was like, other than that, I think it's kind of fine. Like I don't think there's anything that's offensive. That no, like <laughs> and certain- even even Chevy Chase like didn't kill his wife and her waiter friend <laughs> but like, certainly not even like like offensive in like a non-pc way like there's nothing i mean there's like similarly to old school there's probably some like offhanded comments in 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 christmas vacation that like you wouldn't write today but that doesn't negate the the classicness of the movie right yeah <laughs> i would say the thing that probably ages the worst is but it like makes me laugh every time and anytime anyone makes this joke reference is when Julia Louise Dreyfus, yeah. who plays uh, 
is it Rob Lowe's wife? I don't I know the movie that well. It's not Rob Lowe, but the, it's like the couple next door that live in like a really bougie house. Yeah. And uh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus next door goes, oh, Clark, what are you doing with that? Or she was like, <laughs> she was like, nice tree. What are you doing with that chainsaw? And he lifts it up and he says, bend over and I'll show you. Oh, yeah. No, you can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. But that's fine. She's like, like, what? That's not like cancelable language in no. a movie that you just throw on for no. Christmas. No, and, and it hits like even like when it aired, it, yeah. it hit you like in the, whoa, he just said that kind of thing. But it's not like a, not a cancelable offense. I mean, like I said about the holiday a few minutes ago, like there are a lot of Christmas movies that I put on almost every year fully knowing they're kind of bad. And frankly, I, I think the Santa Claus is one of them. Yeah. Like, like the premise is kind of good, but it's also dark, except it's so Disneyfied, right? That they like they haven't worked out really all the implications of what mm-hmm. their core magical premise is. Yeah. Except I think the funniest thing of all time is that like the ladder magically up against the host is made by the Rose Suchik Ladder right. Company, yeah. and I do think that's Suchik good. But, but that's not the comedic tone of the movie. Otherwise, no, <laughs> it doesn't no, actually it's not. suit the movie. It's not all smart jokes. No. I like Miracle on 34th Street. I like a Christmas courtroom drama. I think yeah, that's sweet. Never seen it, still. You should. Yeah. It's good. Say that. Start start with the John Hughes, Mara Wilson version. Okay. You can go back in time afterward, but like mm-hmm. it's very palatable and, and sweet. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, th- this shows how much we like the show that we spent the last couple of minutes talking about Christmas movies rather than the actual show. Oh God. I mean like it's, it's just, there's not that much to say about it. It's not that good, no. but it's, it's animated to look like your classic Rudolph, yes. which we've also done on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never felt close to. No. I wondered, is the animation of this difficult to, to create or is it much easier now with uh, a MacBook? Cause like, it looks like they really invested a lot of time in the physical design of of the show right the writing's not great in my opinion but like it looks good i think it's still like digital like i don't think it's actually like claymation no definitely not as it were but um just like they created something that looks like that and could consistently deliver right which is impressive the writer uh is alexandra rushfield uh she wrote on parks and rec friends from college love remember love yep shrill paul and, rust is in this and too. undeclared grandfather yeah that's right who by the way looks so much like yoda it's jarring yeah, that why they don't did reference they? it <laughs> yeah. like it's why wouldn't they say that immediately they, he had actually yeah. looked exactly they make like him look so much like yoda that it's a big issue actually that they don't make a yoda joke yeah um so anyway she's like worked on some good things or critically acclaimed things but Really, other than Parks and Rec, all of them are kind of embattled things that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily find their footing. I'm not Friends blaming her. Love, yeah. Yeah, I watched all of Love, and that was also a drag sometimes. Yeah. How did that end? I think they fell in love. Okay. No, they were in love pretty early on. Right. But like, she was like very complicated. Was, it, he got more complicated. Very tenuous. He wanted to be a filmmaker, and yeah. he like makes a short film, and then I think there's an episode. I think maybe they get married. I think they go away on like a couple's vacation and they're fighting the whole time and their solution mm-hmm. is let's just get married right. and then the series ends. Huh. And spe- that's the way you solve problems. Well, I think that's the joke. Yeah. yeah. Is, is speaking or um uh speaking of Christmas movies, the f- Marv was the father. That's right. Yeah, in, Daniel uh, Stern. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Stern. No relation to Howard. No, I don't think so. 
I haven't watched any Home Alones yet. I've only watched Home Sweet Home Alone this year. When I got my uh, uh, scar on my head, which I don't know if I talked about on the show last week. Oh, uh, I don't know if you did, but you did get a little very Marvesque. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You took a brick to the <laughs> it, face. Yeah. I looked at yeah. that. I was like, like someone said, hey, kids suck brick. It was the trunk of your car came crashing down. Trunk of Jen's car. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's important to make that distinction. It was totally her fault. She was holding it up for a little bit, and then we were at the side of the car. And to be fair, like it did come down such a clatter. Yeah. Or such a yeah. such a cool. Yeah. Anyways, um, I was turning to just like lug a, a a tire in, and at that exact moment, the trunk fell on my forehead. We went to a Christmas tree farm on Saturday. Yes, tell me about this. I saw the pictures. I saw the time it took. It looked way better than the one that we went to. It's a gorgeous tree. I don't know if you saw it downstairs, but like it's one of the best trees we've ever had. I'm thrilled with it. Nice. But yeah, it was it was a journey. Yeah. And like I never really and I guess I would if if like it was that important, but like I never am the guy who wants to go apple picking. No. But like cuz you realize that it doesn't the economies of scale don't make sense. No, exactly. But it's like cute for the gram. And so right. I get why people might want to do that and so it's similarly a christmas tree farm is kind of an interesting experience and becky also never grew up with a real christmas tree mm-hmm. so like just in the last five years she's had real christmas trees and it's more novel and cool yeah definitely and i love a real christmas tree but we have lots all over the place yeah and by the way like it's a good thing you got your tree early because they're already like closing down like oh really are you finding that like if you didn't get your tree last weekend you're gonna have a tough time finding a good tree you know sweets i don't do a whole lot of driving around since working from home so i i barely see what's outside for you. My, that's fine. my four walls that's fine and you've got a good tree and you've got a good lot that you depend on exactly and you usually put your tree up maybe a week earlier than than yeah. i would yeah we're like december 2nd i think we might have even had it up like november 30th or something this year so we thought we might go out to this this uh, tree farm in the valley because mm. becky sort of knows a guy who owns one okay and then i decide look i'm not sure i'm comfortable driving with a big tree on the roof like for that great of a distance let's find a closer one so she finds one in clam harbor which as it turns out is not really close at all i was gonna say that's kind of far away it's past it? muscadabit and oh. it's way windier yes way windier <laughs> and so as we're like going out there we don't have the tree yet I'm thinking this is going to be hell on wheels. Like people are already impatient with me because they live out here and they all drive 110 Mm. on this windy road. Yeah. I'm going to have a a tree on top of me and I'm going to be going 60 and I'm going to be so afraid of like final destinationing somebody. Yeah. And sure enough, that is what happened if I'm skipping over the story, but we get to this tree lot. It's pretty slick. It's just drive into our woods, pick one out. Bring it back here. We'll bind it up for you. You give us 25 bucks and we'll call it a day. Boom. I yeah. mean, for the price, can't exactly. be Because we paid over double. Yeah, that's too bad. It's no, crazy. The price was really good at this place. Um, and we had to like look. There were like a lot of trees that were maybe in contention, many of them imperfect. And it's kind of like shopping for big screen TVs. They're like It's really hard to get an idea of like what's going to look big in your house. Yeah. Um, we didn't so much cut this tree down as we uh, cut it halfway and then body checked it down. Because the saw we brought really wasn't strong enough. Oh, no. And I just couldn't lie there yeah. uh, shimmying in the moss any longer. With the bread knife. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, we put it up. It's a big ass tree, and I've got a small car. And, and we put it on the roof. And it was stressful tying it to the roof because, like, it doesn't feel that secure. Yeah. And you can't get the ropes that tight. Like, you think they're tight. Yeah. And then you and let you had go, ropes? and they sag out. No, we had, like, twine, and we had... Um, uh, very yeah. We had some ropes Not actually, like, but did you use like the ratchet straps? But 
No, we didn't have like like wind straps. That yeah, would have yeah. been really nice. Um, and people are like driving by and smiling and staring at our tree. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so mad. Like, you think it's cute that this thing is the size of my car and I'm already it's, terrified. It's a hazard. It and is you a hazard. You should be scared, not smiling. And I was. And we get on the road and we stop twice in the first kilometer. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this is over. And I, I said to Becky, I was like, <laughs> I was like, if we, if this falls off and nobody dies, it goes in the woods and we go home. And the Instagrams are up. Nobody has to know that our tree didn't that come the from there. Um, but we made it home. We kind of got some confidence as we got going. Like it was never a thing that we were like comfortable with. But at one point, <laughs> there was like a truck driver behind us, and he seemed to be—I don't know this for sure—but he seemed to be keeping a safe distance and creating a perimeter for us. He seemed to be helping us by staying. 50 or 80 yards back so that we couldn't kill him. Right. But nobody else could get in. Right. I loved having this guy behind me. Yeah. He wasn't impatient. He was not riding me, but he was keeping me safe. Sunday drive. It was nice. And we got home and it went up no problem. We've had had some some Christmas tree sagas, Becky and I, and this actually wasn't one of them, Mm -hmm. but like strapping it to the roof of the car, which I didn't, I only did 10% of the work. Yeah. But, uh, it was yeah, it was a little stressful. Fresh cut. How does it? How does it uh, do with the the pine needling? I'm not having many needles on the floor yet. Interesting. No. I wonder if the freshness of that and like keeping it. Uh, I hope so. It's watered. guzzling water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Ours is maybe a little drier. It's huge. Yeah. Very. It's, it's a, early it's for a it big to be mama. dry. It's a big mama. Um. Well, I don't know if it's that. It's Dry. Yeah, it seems like pine needles are falling maybe a little easier. It looks really good, though. Good. But we're got to keep Just that. Just gets to the point where you can't touch it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's ours is right by the like main walkthrough of oh, yeah. our like kitchen, to so it's kind of inevitable. But it's uh, it's fun. We dog sat last week, had a small child over. Both of them were having some fun with it. So Having fun with the tree? <laughs> yeah, like we basically <laughs> like either running by it or like mm-hmm. – taking ornaments off and christmas is in two weeks i can't believe this it's happened. crazy yeah it really snuck up on me this Ugh. year not being at the radio station it really snuck up on me because i wasn't yeah. dealing with like a constant barrage of christmasy things and contests and songs which it, i to be fair i kind of liked that yeah. i was like in the christmas mood yeah, for no, such it, a while there there are ups to it for sure yeah. but it's very busy yes yeah. yeah no happier to not do it hey you actually have will smith tonight I have Will Smith. Yeah, I need to look for the direct quote. You sent this to me the other day, and I was like, "Okay, great. That takes one thing off my plate because there's we're, we're definitely not going to beat this for I, a Will was, Smith news." It was partly for news and partly because it's just the most outlandish, like, like it's headline. outrageous. And by the way, it it like really lends credibility to that petition to get news to stop talking about Will Smith totally. so much. That just speaks to how like <laughs> there's so much Will Smith, so many Will Smith pull quotes that yeah. just pop up. This one is. Will Smith says once he says he once slept with so many women that orgasming made him puke. <laughs> like, I just have so many questions. There's so much to unpack about this. Like, do you mean in one night? Like, yeah. Are, and who asked the question? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have an announcement yes to make. Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever slept with so many women? Does this uh, sound like something that's ever happened to you? Uh, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, like, just, it's just gradually, like, he had, like, a, a real 
a real wild year and then he just started to get nauseous from all of the yeah and and is this the year like over the last like two years is this when he decided hey you know what nothing's ever off limits and i'm going <laughs> to speak to absolutely everything you know i think that his wife has this show where she just overshares and makes like money from it and he's right. like this is actually a great way to make money i'm a mogul yeah i also think that maybe his um his like barometer is slightly off based on the amount that she overshares that his like <laughs> level of normalcy yeah. has completely shifted. Oh, he has oh, no level of normalcy. What are they, what are they called? The, the Overton window? I don't know that phrase. Okay. Th- they mentioned it actually on, um, on, uh, I think it's the Overton window. They mentioned it on succession a couple episodes ago when they okay. were talking about this guy in politics who was saying like super outlandish things. Yeah. So the Overton window is like when you're, you make these outlandish claims and they soon become like a little more normal or at least they say like like a a level below that would be considered normal so you change the standard that i mean that happens with donald trump right 100 percent. that's when that's when that phrase i think became really popular gotcha or like at least a little more popular. He lives by a different standard for what is acceptable behavior totally and And, and because of this too and because of what he did yeah a whole lot more is um kind of acceptable by the president right because he just made it a shit show yeah or maybe just specifically him i guess time will tell Mm -hmm. if other people get in as much trouble as he does yeah or less i mean could you imagine if just like your local grocer was like one time i had so much sex (laughs) that orgasming made me puke i could picture like like one of the stock boys saying this maybe that's the thing not a not a 50 year old (laughs) famous person Like I could picture, like, like a I could picture this guy. guy be like, "Hey man, yeah, I had so much sex." Like not a sleazy guy, like a handsome, gregarious guy who everyone likes. Just like <laughs> says it very publicly. You're like, "Oh, oh I didn't pure. need to know that." Or like, like he like casually mentions it. He's like, "Oh yeah, I know we uh, we hooked up," and he's like, "But you know, like you know how it goes. Like I got sick." People are like, wait, what? <laughs> well, you know, when you it's get like, way too much. You know, when you <laughs> orgasm so much that you puke. <laughs> no, I'm uh, sorry. I don't know what that's like. Well, I don't think we understand what you're talking about. Put yourself about. in that position. Like, you're going to the checkout. You're buying your grocery, your your Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're really excited to give this uh, this thing to Jen for Christmas. You yeah. can't wait to, to buy it for her. And you just strike up a conversation with this person at the register. <laughs> Oh, and they're, sir! And they're like, "Listen, I need you to, I need you to tell me if this sounds familiar." Yeah, <laughs> sir. This is a grocery store. Yeah. This is literally a grocery store. This is a Wendy's. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, if you find yourself in that position, you just have to be like, "No, way to go, though!" Like, congrats. It's true. I like. I'm still waiting for the, uh, you know, the the Big Willie style edit where he references that in a song. Like his raps were so clean, and all of a sudden he's like, "So many women, I'm puking all the time." <laughs> Well, by the way, the book has been out for a month now, and this quote just came out. So it's not in the book. I, I almost, to troll you, rather than buying four copies of your book, bought four copies of Will Smith's book. Yeah, okay. I should go sign Will Smith's book. <laughs> you should Signed by the that. author. And you should make specific references to orgasm yeah. and puking. No, I will not. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, if there ever was evidence why you shouldn't trust Will Smith. I mean, like, this is broad daylight, guys. Yeah. He really put one out. He softballed this one to us. He underhanded it. Mm -hmm. All right. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust that, yes. Yes.